All right. Um, as we get into the word this morning, I want to I start by doing something a little different with you, something a little unusual. Um, and I want to just sort of acknowledge a, a reality that I think happens for a lot of us. And I know it's happened for myself. And so if I'm the only one, just bear with me. But I don't think I am. When we come to church on Sunday morning, I think we have a tendency or there is a temptation there to take the difficult things that we're facing in life and set them aside. Leave them at home. We have this, I think, this mentality that says we can't bring that to church. This is church. This is where we're supposed to focus on positive things. We set that aside. And so sometimes just mentally, emotionally, the things that we're struggling with, the things that we're suffering with, we leave it at home. We check it at the door. It's not a part of experience because when we come here, we need to smile. We need to look good. We need to acknowledge the fact that here's where we talk about God. Here's where we talk about super positive, encouraging things. And there just isn't a place here. We need to be, we need to be happy. We need to smile. We need to have a focus on, on something other than, you know, the hard things that we're facing because we're, we're Christians after all. And, and, you know, we're supposed to, we're supposed to do that. Can I invite you to do something this morning? I can invite you to, to mentally and emotionally go, go back home and get it. Go back out to the car, go back out to the parking lot and the things you checked at the door the things that are hurting in your life, the things that you're suffering with, the things that you're going through. Can I invite you to just go get those things and bring them in? I know it's not easy. I know that on some levels we, we want... We want to just ignore those things for a little while. We want to just leave them. Let's talk about something good while we're in church. Let's talk about something positive. Let's have a warm, fuzzy experience in church. Honestly, if you look at Jesus Christ, do you think that was ever his, his mentality towards us? Would he ever have said, you need to leave that stuff in the parking lot? Because in here, we're going to deal with, with positive things. We're going to talk about the in the sky by and by. We're going to talk about things that, that, that we'll get to eventually. But, but right now, just the stuff that's hard, the stuff that you're suffering with, just, just leave that at the door. Can you ever hear him saying that? He doesn't do that. I want to invite you this morning to just... Just go there in your mind. Just go and grab those things that, that hurt. The, the burdens that you're carrying right now, the, the heaviness, the sorrow that you're carrying, whatever type of suffering it is that you're going through in your life right now, bring it in with you. Church, we should be able to do this every single Sunday morning. There's no faking our way through this. Are you kidding me? God doesn't just say, come. He says, come as you are. 
Jesus didn't just hang out in heaven going, just hold on, we'll, that'll go away eventually. Let's just deal with these things up here. He came to us. He came to me. He came to you. And he said, right where you are, whatever you're going through, whatever that suffering is, whatever that baggage is, I'm there. I want to start there with you. I don't want to start with some polished person with a smile on their face that has nothing going on in their lives or so everyone else thinks. I want to start with you right where you are. I want to start with whatever physical suffering you're going through right now. I want you to bring that and I want you to put it in front of him today. I want you to do that this morning. Whatever, whatever financial suffering you're going through, whatever employment concerns you may have right now, bring it. The burden of aging relatives that you might be facing right now, bring it. Your, your loneliness, your depression, your, your anxiety over your kids who might be going in the wrong direction. Bring it this morning. Bring your history of failure. Bring your hurt. Bring your abuse. Bring the slander that you've suffered, that you are suffering. Things that have been spoken against you that shouldn't have been, that weren't right, that weren't just. Bring the oppression that you're facing at work. Bring the oppression that you're facing at home. Maybe it's coming from your spouse. Maybe it's you dumping it on your spouse. Whatever oppression you're facing at school, students, whatever your fears are, whatever your anxiety is, whatever you're worrying about, bring the words from a friend that hurt Maybe you've been mocked for being not of this world. Bring it this morning. Maybe you're just feeling hopeless and alone. Bring it this morning. Don't check it at the door. Don't leave it at home. What are you suffering? What weight are you bearing as a result of the suffering that you've gone through or are going through? Bring it with you this morning. Because Jesus wants to meet us there. He wants to meet us in that suffering this morning. Last week, uh, John Foley came and he spoke to us about the ministry of Union Gospel Mission and their response to suffering in the Twin Cities. I'm very, very grateful for the challenge that he put before us last week. Um, Good to hear, good to have that, that reminder, that visual reminder of the two sides of the cross and how important it is for us to, to put those in balance when we look at the suffering around us. And we're going to come back to the suffering of others um, next week, but I want to kind of go back and forth on this as we talk about this subject of suffering. Sometimes I want to deal with our suffering, with the things that are affecting us directly, and that's what I want to do this morning. Two weeks ago, we started our look at suffering on the message entitled, Where Suffering Leads. And we looked at four different places that suffering leads. We looked at the fact that suffering leads us to experience Jesus Christ, to relate to him in his suffering as we suffer, that it can lead us there. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in Philippians 3.10 about his desire. He says that I may know him, that I may know Jesus and share in his suffering. Secondly, suffering, we said, leads us to encounter God. God is there in our suffering. And that's why it's so important that when we come in here on a Sunday morning, we don't check our suffering at the door. We bring it in. We bring it before God in an honest way. 
and allow him to meet us there because it's often the, the case that we encounter God more deeply, more personally, more intimately in our suffering than we do in our good times, in our easy times. Thirdly, we talked about the, the fact that suffering leads us to embrace Death, it can be a reminder to us of how Christ died for those things that caused suffering for us and how we identify with him in his death and are raised to life. And so it helps us put death in perspective better. And then fourthly, we said that suffering leads us to enjoy life. And even in our suffering, we can see that this life is limited and that there is a perfect eternal life to come. And so we can enjoy whatever purpose God has for us in this life, knowing that his eternal life is ours. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit today. The suffering that we experience has a purpose, and it leads us to the things that God has for us within his purpose for our lives. But as I mentioned, suffering is is a complex experience that requires a complex response. Not not a complicated, hard-to-understand response. Just a well-thought-out response that includes us seeing what God desires us to see in the midst of our suffering. That's why I invite you to bring your suffering in with you today. Can I just pray for us here as we move forward? Let's pray together for a minute. Father, I know there are times, too many times, when I have resisted the opportunity to come before you in a place of worship where I'm with other believers and bring with me the suffering that I'm going through. I don't think there's ever been a case where you have told your children to Check their suffering at the door. I don't believe, Father, that's your, that's your desire for your church. And as hard as it may be sometimes, as difficult as it may be, to allow ourselves to come in in that, that beat-up state, in that, that weary, heavy state, you've called us to come that way. So you can meet us there. And here is a place, Father, where we can set aside the distractions of this world and focus on you. And if we don't bring the burdens of this world, the things that we're facing before you, I think we're going to miss you. So God, help us to do this. For, for anybody here right now who's, who's resisting that, going, no, God doesn't want to see that. Help them to have the courage to bring it so that together we can grow in our understanding of what you want to do with our suffering, what it is that you're doing in our lives, how, why you have allowed these things to happen to us. God, for every one of us, remind us of how welcoming and loving and accepting and unconditional your love for us is. I'm just saying about how you love us. Oh, how you love us. Help us to respond to that love this morning. Not just sing about it, but live in that reality that your love is there and we can bring all of the stuff, all of the suffering that we're weighted down with and put it in front of you in your love. 
Lead us now, Father, into seeing what you want us to see when it comes to our suffering. And not just seeing what it is you want us to see, but seeing you and who you are. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are three aspects of God's presence in our suffering that I want us to focus on this morning. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. I hope that you are well over the expectation of coming in here on one Sunday for 40 minutes and having it all figured out. It's not how it happens. There's so much more to this. When I face suffering in my life, my own suffering, the things that that I check at the front door on Sundays, there are three things that I've seen recently that I want to learn to do well. I want to grow in these things. The first thing is this. When I suffer, I want to learn to accept that suffering. I want to learn to accept it. And not just fight it. We talked a couple weeks ago about where our suffering could lead us, but... We also want to know what the suffering is. What is this? What is this thing that we're going through? Am I being punished for something that I've done? Is God saying something? Is God doing something in the suffering? Or is God just not paying attention at the moment? What is this? What is this thing that I'm going through? What is this heavy thing that I'm bearing and facing? Well, how about first we clarify what suffering is not? Because suffering is not a result of our own shortcoming, our own failures. There is a thing called consequences. Not talking about that this morning. We're talking about suffering. And that's different from facing consequences for the bad decisions that we make. But when we face suffering, the way that God has laid out suffering in the word, the way that we're seeing it in 1 Peter What is this not? It is not the result of our own shortcoming. And there's a a very well-known character in the Bible by the name of Job. You knew knew that his name was going to come up in our conversation about suffering. Everybody talks about Job when we talk about suffering. Job is a man who, a long, long time ago, um, God had identified as somebody who was very righteous. He was very much in line with God. God was very pleased with Job. Job's suffering, which was enormous, was not a result of the mistakes that he had made. It was not a result of God looking at Job and going, you know what, Job, you're just not living up. So I'm going to take everything away from you and hurt you really bad. Satan came to God and said, let me test that one. He'll fall when the pressure's put on. And God said, go ahead. No, he will not. Job suffered. Job suffered immensely. But he did not suffer as a result of his own failure. So we can't just put this in a category and say that when we fail, we suffer. Job didn't fail. And he suffered more than you or I ever will. It's not a result of our own failure, our own shortcoming. Suffering is not a result of God dropping the ball. God is not bad at his job. God is not like this much good and and this much aloof. He really doesn't seem to understand what's going on in my life. That's not God. 
And so suffering is never a result of him just not really knowing what's going on, not really fulfilling what we think he should fulfill. Suffering is not an experience that goes contrary to God's will for our lives. If we think about living a pain-free life, an easy life, really we have to go back to the Garden of Eden, to Adam and Eve in the very, very beginning to see a time when God's design for their lives was pain-free living. But then sin entered the world and everything changed. And Adam and Eve did not have a pain-free life from that point on. They suffered. But we can see that God already at that point had a plan for what he was going to do in the midst of the suffering that this world would endure, that every person to ever exist would endure, that you and I were going to face. He had a plan for it. He knew how he was going to walk us through the suffering that we would endure. That is his plan. His plan is perfect. And when we face suffering in our lives, it's not a result of being outside of God's plan. Surely this isn't God's plan for me. We live in a a world now that is at war with God and suffering is part of the scenery here. It's something that we're going to face sometimes on a daily basis. But God has a plan to use that suffering, to use us, to work in us, to work through us, to do something with us. He has a plan for it. He always has a plan for it. It's not catching him off guard. It's not outside of his plan for us. So in light of those things, who in the midst of this suffering is God? Who is he? Because we really quickly question his character when we suffer sometimes. But God is, God was, and God will always be compassionate and merciful. Our suffering does not change who God is. He is not there to live up to our expectations of him. He's not there to help us fulfill our expectations for life. But it does not change who he is. His design for us in this life may include suffering, often does include suffering. I want to give you an example. I want to talk for a minute about Paul and about the other apostles, those who had been directly impacted by Jesus Christ and how they accepted what God allowed them to go through. Paul explained this to the church in Corinth and he wrote, and all of our scripture is going to be on the screen today, by the way. Um, he wrote this to the church in Corinth to talk about the suffering that they were going through. This is 1 Corinthians 4, verses 9 through 13. This is what Paul wrote. And this, this is hard. He said, For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, But you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. And we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. 
When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Sign me up for that. But this is Paul's perspective. This is the apostles' perspective on the suffering in their lives. They understand it. This is what God has prescribed for us and the impact that we're going to have on this world. In Acts chapter 5, after preaching Jesus Christ, after sharing the gospel in a very powerful way, the apostles were imprisoned and they were beaten. This is how their response was described in Acts 5.41 by Luke. Luke writes this about them and what they had just gone through. Then they, after the, the persecution, they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. I want to learn to accept suffering like this. I want all of us to learn to accept suffering like this. It doesn't change who God is. It can really change who I am. I may not know the purpose of the suffering when it happens, but God does. Can I trust him then with the suffering that I'm going through and just accept it? Can I accept it in my life? There's a second thing that I want to learn to do well when it comes to my suffering. I need to learn to consider my suffering, to consider it. And here's what I mean. That's a little odd statement. I'm suffering. I ask, what is this? And I just address that in the first point. And then I go, what do I do with this? What do I do with my suffering? If I accept it, what do I do with it then? And interestingly, I think the Bible gives us some intriguing guidance here. Um, this is a verse that we looked at recently in, in, in our middle school youth group. Um, and by the way, be in prayer for our high school students. There's a group up at Trout Lake Camp right now finishing their last day of retreat up there. And um, they're being impacted in a deep way by God. Um, just as I'm talking, be praying. Just ask God to bless this last session that they're in today. And that the impact that he has on them up there will carry on throughout their days, that it's not just going to be a, a weekend high for them. Uh, this is James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. James writes this, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking Nothing. Count it all joy, James says. When you're suffering, be happy, put a smile on your face, and just walk lightly all the way through it. That's not what he's saying. And I, I remember the day when I used to think that was it. Okay, I'm supposed to be joyful. And boy, did I fail over and over and over and over again being joyful when I was hurting. That didn't work at all. I tried faking it. It doesn't work. In fact, it just made me angry. So he says, count it all joy. This is what he's saying. Put your suffering in the joy category. He's not saying smile and get through it, fake your way through it. He's saying, take the suffering that's happening to you and play accountant with it. Put it in the right column. 
Don't allow it to just wander out there. Don't assign it to the wrong place. Be a good accountant. Take your suffering and consider it. Count it. Joy. Put it in the joy column. Don't put it in the self-pity column. Don't put it in the badge of honor column. Don't put it in the school of hard knocks column. James, the brother of Jesus, says, put it in the joy column. Why? Because suffering, he says, produces steadfastness, maturing, and completeness. That's a pretty good reason to put it there. Because it's producing something in us. Put it there because we identify in our suffering with Jesus Christ. Put it there because God's promises are fulfilled in the midst of our suffering. Put it in the joy column. Put it there because we get to experience God's power in the midst of our suffering. So put it in the joy column. Put your suffering in the right column, in the right category. Put it in the joy column. And while you're at it, put yourself in that category. Put yourself there. This also comes from James. This is James 5, verses 10 and 11. He writes, As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job. There he is again. Everybody uses him. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Take yourself and put yourself over there because we are considered by others to be blessed when we are steadfast in our suffering. We consider, we count those who suffer for the right reasons as blessed. And that puts us and our suffering in the joy column because God has a purpose and a goal for that suffering. And it's a good purpose. It's a good goal. And it goes beyond us. And our first response to suffering is often self-pity. We put ourselves in the oppressed column. It's often sorrow. It's often heaviness. But we can't just stop there with our first response to our suffering. We're to put it where it should be. Accept the suffering. Then consider it. Consider the value that it has in producing Christ-like character in us. Consider the possibility that we will be seen as blessed by those who observe our acceptance of suffering, our response to the suffering in our lives. Consider what God's going to do as people see us accept it, as people see us consider it joy. We all know people who have shone brightly in the midst of suffering. You can bring somebody to mind right now who you've watched go through intense suffering and how they handled it and how much you admired them for the blessing that God bestowed on them of strength and perspective and perseverance and steadfastness and maturing and completeness. We see what God has done for them and we consider them blessed. Suffering doesn't have to be considered this horrible interruption to our lives. God is sovereign and he blesses in the midst of suffering. Accept your suffering, consider your suffering, and finally exchange your suffering. I want to learn how to consistently exchange my suffering for something else regularly. 
It's important that we don't hang on to our suffering as if this has become our identity. This is not who we are. The things that we bear, the things that we struggle through. That's not our identity. I have not henceforth become known as the diabetic preacher. You know, I'm not the neuropathic preacher. It's not how I will be known. Although it would make a tremendously bland autobiography or a reality show. The neuropathic preacher. We are not the abused. We are not the persecuted. We are not the betrayed. We are not the forgotten. We are not the isolated. We are not the misunderstood. We are not the slandered, the mocked, the insulted, the whatever. That's not who we are. Our suffering is not something that we have to be known by. And brothers and sisters, will you please extend each other that grace? Do not look at each other and go... Oh, yeah, that's the former addict. That's not who we are. God has not burdened us with something heavy and painful to carry throughout eternity. That is not his plan. I have an eternal identity. You have an eternal identity. And God invites us to exchange our temporal suffering for his eternal blessing. Blessing. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, talks about Jesus and his suffering. Familiar passage to a, a lot of us, but you got to keep going back here. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who suffered tremendously, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Did Jesus smile through the suffering? He didn't find joy in the suffering. He put the suffering in the joy category and he saw the joy that was set before him while he endured the suffering. Romans 8, 16 and 18 are words to the church about what's ahead. Paul writes, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs, brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And look at the words of hope from Peter here in the letter that we're studying. This is 1 Peter 3.14. We just looked at this recently. Peter writes to the, to the persecuted church, to the suffering church, he says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be what? Blessed. You will be Blessed. God will restore everything you have lost and then beyond. That's who God is in the midst of our suffering. Finally, look at 2 Timothy 1.12. Paul writes about his own suffering and says, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. The blessing that God has for me. He will guard it for me. When God teaches us about suffering, 
He reminds us that when we endure and stay focused on the joy that he sets before us, he will bless us. Church, do not allow the suffering in your life to steal the hope that you have in the blessing that God will give you in exchange for your suffering. Hope means that you know that one day you will exchange your mourning for joy, your sorrow for gladness, your heaviness for the weight of glory, your suffering for blessing. Because God, even in the midst of our suffering, is who he is, a father who loves to give good gifts to his children. He's ready to make this exchange, our suffering for his blessing. Accept your suffering. Consider your suffering. Exchange your suffering. I want you to do me a favor this morning. I want you to think about where you're at in your life and in your faith journey and your walk with Jesus Christ. And I, and I want you to acknowledge something because I'm hearing this more and more and, and brothers and sisters, this has never been my intent. And so I want to clarify something with, with all of you this morning. It's very easy for us to see the, the wisdom that the Bible puts up, the standard that the Bible sets for us, the, the, this collection of verses that all makes these bold statements about our suffering, we, we have all that before us, and it's very easy for us, I think, to, to despair because it looks impossible. here's what I want you to do this morning is look at, look at where you are. Look at the, the suffering that you're going through, the things that you bring before God this morning in all honesty and vulnerability. And, and don't, don't allow yourself to think that this is where I'm at. I, I'm suffering and honestly, I'm super angry with God for letting this happen to me. But the pastor says I'm supposed to be way over here in my understanding of suffering. That I'm supposed to have this all figured out. That's not what I'm saying. So please don't walk out of here and go, I can't do that. I'm here. He's talking about people that are way over there. And I'm not there yet. Discipleship. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not about a decision that you make and then you're there and you have it all figured out. And if you don't, then you just feel guilty every time it's brought up. And so when the pastor talks about suffering and how we respond to suffering, you go, I'm not doing that well either. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is making a decision to follow Jesus. Okay, and, and please try to understand what I'm saying here. It's, it's not making a decision to, I'm going to be just like Jesus now for the rest of my life. It's a decision to follow Jesus. And if we go back into God's word and we look at Jesus' disciples, we don't see a group of men that decided to leave everything and follow Jesus. And then, bam, they got it. Super saints. It's not how it happened. They became disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, follow me. 
and Jesus didn't supernaturally jump from here to there and expect them to do the same. He said, follow me one step at a time, one step at a time, follow me. And he walked with them. He didn't go and stand way off in the distance and say, come on, come on. He walked with them. And wherever you're at in your spiritual walk today, wherever you are in your understanding of, of, of suffering, no matter whether or not you're having trouble accepting it even, start where you're at knowing full well that Jesus is where you're at. And when it comes to our understanding of suffering and our practice of dealing with suffering, responding to suffering... Jesus is inviting us to take a step with him and to follow him. And so this morning, if you're having, if you're having trouble accepting the suffering in your life, you're very upset about it, you don't understand why this would happen to you, that's okay. It's okay for you to be there. Just understand that Jesus is asking you to take a step with him today. That's it. One step. Not a gigantic leap. One step. Being a follower, being a disciple of Jesus Christ means you take one step at a time with him. So take a step. Is your step today just to simply confess to God and say, I'm sorry, I've been really angry at you. And I'm having a very hard time accepting why you would allow this to happen in my life. Father, please help me learn to accept the suffering that you bring me. Maybe that's it today and that's great that you've just done that, just that one thing. Maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe you've realized this morning that you're too focused on the here and now, on right now, as if this is all that there is, and that God's supposed to bless you right now in this life. And why is he not? Why are you going through all this suffering? And God's, God's talked to you. He's spoken to you about exchanging it today. Maybe this is as simple as taking one of the verses we've looked at. Maybe it's as simple as taking Romans eight eighteen, writing it out on a card, sticking it up somewhere where you're going to see it all the time and be reminded that our suffering is being exchanged for God's blessing. Wherever you're at, just take a step. That's it. Just take a step. Yeah, sometimes it looks overwhelming. That's why often I feel the need just to share with you what a screw-up I am so that you understand that I didn't do this either. I didn't decide to follow Jesus Christ when I was nine years old in our pop-up camper, and then, bam, I had it all figured out, and now I'm preaching because I have it all figured out. It's not what's happening. One step at a time. One step. I don't care where you are in your understanding of suffering. I don't care where you are in how you respond to suffering. That is not an issue. We're all human, period. And Jesus meets us wherever we are and says, please follow me. Take one step with me. Take one step today. I want to close with these words from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, a little later in our study. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, Peter writes this to the church. He says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But re rejoice, put it in the joy column, 
insofar as you share Christ's suffering, so that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed to us. Suffering's not a surprise to our Father. Let's allow him to do what he wants to do in and through our suffering. I want to remind you as well, before I pray, that that we do have, um, like we mentioned on a weekly basis, we do have people that are, that are open to praying with you following a service on Sunday. And if there's something that you're suffering with and you just want somebody to pray with you, somebody who understands that we're all suffering with something and we need to support each other in this, we need to bear each other's burdens. Just outside these doors and to the left back here is our prayer room and you can go and have somebody pray with you after the service. You can come and find me and I'll pray with you. You can come find an elder and they'll pray with you. You can just look next to you and go, I want that person, my brother, my sister to pray with me. Lift it up together. Bring it to God. I'll check it at the door. I invite the ushers to come now. Let's pray together as they come and as the worship team comes to close our service. Father, I am so grateful for the things that you are teaching me, for the things that you continue to teach us through your word, for the way that you just speak to our reality, for the compassionate and merciful God that you are, for for the beauty of the fact that you just want to meet us where we are, that we don't have to come to you leaving these things behind. We come to you with our suffering. We come to you with our failures. We come to you with our hurt, our sorrow, our heaviness. And you welcome us with open, loving arms. And we hear your son Jesus say to us, follow me. And God, as we look at who you are and your character and how it never changes, how steadfast you are, no matter what we're facing, oh, help us to bless you for the blessing that you are guarding for us, for the strength that you give us to persevere in our suffering, for the the ways that we can identify with Jesus Christ in our suffering for the ways that we will experience your power in our suffering if we accept it, invite you into it, consider it joy as you use it in our lives and trade it in for the blessing that you have for us. God, you'll meet us there and we praise you for that. We can bless you. No matter if we're, if we're just strolling through green pastures under a blue sky at the time, or if we're trying to fight our way through a raging river and we feel like we're going down because wherever we are, there you meet us. And we praise you for that this morning. Praise you for your faithfulness to us, for your goodness to us as our Father who desires to give us good gifts. Thank you for being who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.